clap our hands to the Lord all over this place. Amen, amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. At this time, I will uh, dismiss our children, our youth, and our ladies. God bless you all as, as you head to your classes. We'll give them just a moment to, to exit the sanctuary here. Amen. So thankful for the Lord. So thankful for the Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. And for those of you that uh, remain in here with me tonight, thank you for being here tonight. And I'm excited to continue uh, our series on our mission of connect, grow, serve, and lead, and helping others. Helping others. Uh, to begin, I want to turn your attention to the book of Matthew, chapter 23, and beginning with verse number 1. Turn with me to Matthew 23, and let's go ahead and stand for the reading of the word. Matthew 23 starts, then, then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe. Excuse me. All, all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne. And lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for, for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries, and enlarge the borders of the, their garments. And love the uppermost rooms at feasts, and the chief seats in the synagogues. And greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ. Somebody say one. one. And all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth for one. Somebody say one. one. One is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters for one. Say one. One, one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. That term abased can also be uh, translated as uh, humbled. And as you are closing your Bibles tonight and taking your seats, why don't we go to the Lord in prayer for the remainder of tonight. Jesus, we thank you for every opportunity we have to come before you and worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, I thank you for your word which has the power to save, to change, and to transform lives. Lord, open our ears to your understanding and hearts to the wisdom that you desire to give tonight. Help me, Lord, to be nothing more and nothing less than a vessel for you and what you desire for your church. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated. Tonight, uh, we will be going through the topic of helping others serve others. Helping others serve others. And to give a reminder for some here tonight who've who've been here during our Wednesday nights, and to set the stage for others who maybe have not been here until tonight. If you are here tonight and you desire to know more about biblically serving others, then this Bible study is for you. If you've come here tonight and you have questions about serving others, then this Bible study is for you. 
And lastly, but certainly not least, if you are here tonight and you desire to help others understand the meaning of serving others, then this Bible study is for you. My prayer for tonight and really for this whole month is that we take these things we learn and apply them to our own lives and, and put them in our tool belt, if you will, for when we are bringing others alongside us, walking with them on their journey with Jesus and sharing these tools with them. You've heard me say this before, and chances are I'll probably say it many more times before the Lord returns. These tools that you have for yourself are, are, are good for you to have. Okay, they're, they're good for you to keep, but, but they are not just something that you keep for yourself. They're not just something that you keep hidden underneath your jacket for nobody to see. They're not something you conceal, if you will. Remember, your salvation is a good thing. It's a necessity to have salvation, to see Jesus one day, amen? But it's not just something that you put in a box and stow away and only bring out when you want to. It's not just something that you get out from time to time. It's something that you share with others so they can experience it too. You never know who you might come across that needs the very tools that you're learning about this month and more. So why not share them? Amen? Amen. Amen. Before I go into uh, tonight's topic of discussion, I, I want to briefly recap the last few weeks of this series. We started by understanding that we are on this journey, this journey with the Lord, remember, together, in unity. And since we are together, desiring to connect with God, grow in faith, serve others, and lead by example, we must remain united together without there being any big I or little you or vice versa, but helping each other along the way. We then moved into a, uh, to connecting with God and how as a result of that connection will come growth. The growth of the fruit followed by some pruning that needs to happen along the way to do what? To produce more fruit. Following that, last week we learned about growing in faith and how for one to grow, one must be a doer of the word. Not only be a hearer, we can hear it, but we must do the word for ourselves. We must take action on the word. One must follow through with what is written here so that you can grow. And tonight we find ourselves continuing in talking about helping others serve others. Amen. And if you've noticed, there's, there's somewhat of a succession between all of these so far, the connecting with God comes growth, and with that growth comes the understanding of serving others. As you grow, you understand, hey, oh, I've, I've got to do this. I've got, I've got to take some action here, right? And, and as one grows, so does their desire to serve the Lord, which then reflects to their service to others. <clears throat> and tonight, I, I'm going to continue as I have with two top-level questions of why should I serve others and how? How do I serve others? But before I do that, I, I felt impressed tonight to just briefly discuss the servant. What is a servant as Jesus speaks of here in Matthew 23, where he says, the greatest among you shall be your servant. As we read just moments ago, Jesus starts this chapter with a strong rebuke toward the scribes and the Pharisees which then leads up to Jesus declaring, but he that is greatest among you shall be your 
servant. But up to that point, Jesus was really just laying it all out. You know, he, he wasn't necessarily throwing stones because I don't, I don't think he would do that. But, but he was making it plain to him saying, hey, don't be like this. He was really giving an overview of what a servant is not. And then he, 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 he puts this right here, and then he goes on to give some really strong rebukes after that. We see the, the seven woes, or however many there are, the seven woes after that. In this strong rebuke, Jesus told his disciples the characteristics in which these Pharisees and scribes were being rebuked for. They, they didn't practice what they preached. They may have been unwilling to take on themselves what they told others to do. They may not, they may love to show off. You know, when we read of the phylacteries and, and adding to the phylacteries, they were adding to their, their ropes and their chains and the things that were dangling from them. They were saying, look at me. I have all these things. They show off their honorable titles and, and love to be shown respect to the point that they demand it. And lastly, they misunderstand ministry. They misunderstand ministry, with, which truthfully, I think, is, is a kind of a combination of the other four rebukes that Jesus gave. Jesus continued, don't be called rabbi, for only one is called rabbi, for one is called master, and that is Christ. Call no man father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Don't be called master, for one is your master, again, pointing to Christ Jesus. And then finally, bringing all to a culmination of servanthood. But what is a servant? What does that mean? Servant, as used here by Jesus, is one who executes the command of another, especially of a master, a sergeant, attendant, or a minister. That's, that's the definition. A part of this servanthood is having others in mind, having the mind toward others in this sense of advancing others' interests even at the sacrifice of their own. In other words, it's putting others before yourself. Which makes sense, right? For Jesus continues again, Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased or, or humbled, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. By the Lord, if I can add that. A major piece of this humility is putting others before yourself. Now, what's that, what that's not saying, I want you to understand, what that's not saying is that you can't have your own interests. Okay? I have interests that maybe nobody else has, that there are certain things that I like to do. What it's not saying is that you should neglect yourself. Okay? It's not saying that, you know, that would go against the word that, say, that talks about your body being a temple. We've got to take care of ourselves. What it is saying is that there is sacrifice involved. There is some sacrifice involved. What it is saying is that there will be times that, that you will serve others, that, that you will serve, and it will cost you something. It's really only a sacrifice if it costs you something, right? If you work a job or, or you work you know, you work from home or you're a homemaker or whatever that is, there's something that's biting for your time every day. You have to sacrifice something to do that, right? If I didn't 
go to work every day. I, I won't get into this too much, but I have to sacrifice a few hours of my day to go to work. There's nothing wrong with that. You may have to sacrifice sleep. You will have to sacrifice your time and other things that you can fill in the gaps with, whatever you have to sacrifice for that. If you, if you own a business, these things are exponentially greater. Brother Joey can probably tell you about that, right, Joey? Amen, amen. The buck stops with you when it comes to service. You are the overseer, but you are also the one who provides these services for those you are serving. We can and then should liken this to how we serve the Lord. We can make sacrifices. We, we do make sacrifices when we serve the Lord. When we serve the Lord, there, there are lifestyles that we set aside. Some, if not all, we set aside for good. You know, let me just say this for a moment. I was, I was having a conversation with my, my boss today, and I don't, you know, I'm not sure where he stands in his relationship with the Lord, but he ministered to me today. He's like, you've got to pick and choose what is important in your life. What is important to you, you will make time for. And I'm like, Poof. whoa. You know, not to say I didn't know that, but I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Talk about an on-time God, amen? What you, make, what, what you see as important, what you prioritize, you will make time for. And with that, we, again, we must lay, a, lay aside some things for good. We may never pick those things back up. And since I am a creature made new in Christ, some of those things have to be laid aside for good. I can't pick them up again. I can't pick certain things back up. We can't pick this back up again because it doesn't line up with who we are now as a creature made new. You know, I look out among you and I see a lot of people who in your walks with God have had to sacrifice something. But perhaps you didn't see it as a sacrifice because at the end of the day, <clears throat> nothing compares to being with him. Nothing compares to serving him. Nothing compares to giving of your time, of your talents to him. So there is indeed a sacrifice that takes place. Servanthood and sacrifice go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Servanthood is also an important aspect of your relationship with God. Before one can serve others as the Lord is desiring you to serve, you must first serve the Lord. You must first make up in your mind, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. As we serve the Lord, we learn more about this serving him. May we recall that Jesus, the one we serve, made himself nothing, as Paul writes, and took on the form of a servant. He made himself a little lower than the angels for a moment to give us an example that we need to have in our service to others. And I would be remiss if I did not include the passage Jesus spoke about, uh, the servant in the parable that he shares in what we know as the parable of the talents, where one was given five talents, one was given two talents, and then one was given one. They all did different things with their talents. But only two out of those three heard Jesus say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. While the other was rebuked for not doing anything with theirs. 
The good and faithful servant, as we read, is defined as one who belongs to another. And this is where I just began to thank the Lord without any ownership rights of their own. (laughs) In other words, are you ready? I have been bought with a price. I have been bought for a price. I have been purchased by Jesus Christ. What was that price? He gave his life. Therefore, since I was bought, this life is no longer my own, but it is for whom I belong. It is less about me forfeiting my rights and more about me being grafted into Jesus and now being given new life from him, which as a result, all these things just fall away. A new life to do things I I once wouldn't and couldn't do before. I belong to the one true king. (laughs) I belong to Jesus. I want to hear him say one day, well done, good and faithful servant. And since I am a servant of the Lord, and since Jesus shows me in his word how to be such a servant, then that is reflected in my serving of others. He served me so I should serve others. He showed me how to serve so I could serve others. He, he first loved me so that I could not just keep it to myself, but so that I could show that same love to others. He, we reciprocate that love back to God in our serving of others. We serve God in our serving of others, which, which brings me to uh, the first question that I have for tonight is why? Why should I serve others? And as we go through these together tonight, the why, you may hear many of these and already know them, to which I am thankful that you have that understanding. But I want to encourage you, whether you do or you do not know, to let these things sort of simmer inside of you for just a bit. Let them settle in the innermost parts of you. You know, let let them sit in that slow cooker for a little bit longer. Because while you may know the reasons why, while you may know what, what the definition of a servant of others is, or why you should serve, or how you should serve. You may know how to serve, which we will get to in a minute if time allows. The why. The why is where the understanding begins to permeate into our innermost being. You know the place where Jesus desires to be? This is where it permeates. And a greater understanding is brought to life in you. The same truth about the understanding of why is true in all other facets of the whole counsel of God. It takes our relationship with the Lord to a whole new level when we understand the why. It's that proverbial light bulb turning on in your mind and heart that that flushes the darkness away and awakens your understanding, further inspiring and encouraging us to deepen our walk with him. And with that, knowing that his understanding is infinite and it cannot be measured so that there's always going to be something to strive for. There's always something to be to, to dig a little deeper into. There's always going to be something to understand that maybe was not understood before. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. Amen. So so now the question is, why? Why should I serve others? Colossians chapter 1, Paul writes in verse 10, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. 
The first why is serving others helps you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. The desire and effort to fully please the Lord results in walking worthy of the Lord. It involves being fruitful, there it is, in every good work. For there to be good work, one has to do. One has to move. One has to serve. And as you serve, as we read on, so the increasing of the knowledge of God is. So there is the increasing of knowledge in God. And I, you know, I can relate this uh, to, to teaching, which is a way that I serve others here. I've been told and can tell you and testify on my own that that's been true, you know, that it's been true for me. When, when I teach someone a Bible study, or I teach a class in Excel, which I do, or I teach in here during one of our services, I too am growing. I too am permeating to my innermost being. It's settling within me. Teaching things helps me to understand and learn biblical principles better. It helps me to increase in my knowledge of the Lord. Yes, I do a, a lot of prep work before these times, so a lot of stuff I'm like, whoa, that's really good. To the point that maybe I get here, but, but when I teach it, when I, when I teach it to others, it really just kind of, yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but it, it just it hits a different place inside of me. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it increases my knowledge of the Lord. The same can be true in many other ways there is to serve, okay? We grow in our understanding of the Lord as we serve. The next why comes from Romans 12, and I want us to turn to Romans 12 together. Romans 12, beginning with uh, verse number 4, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. And then verse 6, he writes, Having then gifts deferring according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affection to one another and bro with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, uh, business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, giving, given to hospitality, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. And the list goes on and on and on. From this, there's an understanding that, that serving helps you discover your spiritual gift and function within the body of Christ. You see, not everyone is called to be a pastor. Not everyone is called to be a Sunday school teacher. Not everyone is called to be an intercessor in prayer. Not everyone is called to exhortation. Not everyone is called to prophesy. And the list continues as you read. Not everyone has the same gifting. Can you imagine in this room if we all had the same gifting? We would be really un- 
because we all have different callings. We all have different giftings. We all are a part of the body of Christ. And no matter where you find yourself on this wide range of ways to serve, no matter your gifting or your calling, no matter what God has called you to do, wherever you have been planted, whatever gifting you have, first talk with your pastor about it, but then walk in it. Walk in that. You may feel like a pinky toe on a large body, but you may not understand how important you are to the body. You may not understand how the body comes together when you're hurting. You may feel like you are insignificant, but the whole body of Christ needs the whole body. If one part is missing, the body does not function as it should. So walk as the Lord has called you to walk. Walk as he has led you to do. Be who he has called you to be. Say yes to the Lord. And walk confidently in that. If you have questions on that, seek counsel. Seek guidance. Seek the help that you need. But walk in it. And be not ashamed. We, you know, we, can't, we can't walk and be ashamed of that. We've got to walk with, with this boldness and confidence to, yes, Lord, this, this is who you've called me to be. I may have questions along the way. I may have doubts along the way. Anybody ever had a doubt? I think I'm in good company there. You may have doubts along the way, but you know what? Don't let that deter you too much, if at all, from keeping on walking on the path that the Lord has for you, on what he has called you to be. You know who to give those doubts to. Go ahead and give them to him. He's the one that's led you to do what he's called you to do. He, he understands that you might have doubts, but he's not the one that gave them to you. But you know what you can do is just send them right on up to him. And he'll take care of them. Amen? Amen. Next, we turn to Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 5, where we read, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant that was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. The next why is we serve others because it follows the way of Jesus. Do you want to be like Jesus? Sorry? Amen. Good. Then serve others. If that's the only why, which it's not, there's a plethora of other reasons, then that's enough for me. Jesus humbled himself. There, there must be a level of humility in serving others, which I will touch on in a little bit in the how. Obedience is another part of it. Unto death. So our service to the kingdom and serving of others is a lifelong commitment. I desire to be like Jesus and that I too will remain committed until the very end. I, too, will take a good dose of humility if I need to and realize that it's not about me, but rather it's about him. <laughs> it has nothing to do with me. I've got to walk as he wants me to, but, but it's all about him. 
It's all about him. Galatians, you know, it brings me to my next reason, which, which may go without saying, but, but it's in the word, so I'm going to say it anyway. Galatians 5.13, we read, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. Here's another one that, that settles it for me and goes right along with the last. The reason, the word says so. The word says so. We have been called to liberty. We have been called to liberty. And this liberty, which interestingly enough, is freedom. We also find in scripture that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. And, is the, and it is as though Paul is referencing, he is the same liberty by, by the spirit of the Lord here to the Galatians because this liberty, as we just read, is not an opportunity for the flesh. Is not for an opportunity for that. We should not take the opportunity that we have in liberty to serve the flesh. In other words, it's not to indulge in these things that perhaps we once indulged in B.C. or before Christ. But to do what? To serve one another. We have been freed so that now we can serve one another. When the Spirit of the Lord enters into a person, they are changed. The old things have gone away. And all things become new. Hallelujah. With this newness of life comes also a love for the brethren. Comes also a love for others. If you love a brother or a sister, how do you show that? Do you merely say it? Or do your actions follow what you say? Are you serving that brother or sister or is it just lip service? Just some food for thought. The next reason I want to share is that in your service to others and with others, you will find friendship, you will find community, and ultimately be in unity. 1 Corinthians 3.9, Paul writes, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. In this same passage, we find that Paul gives a rebuke to the Corinthians for their saying, I am of Paul. Oh, I'm of Apollos. And continues with one planting and another watering, but it's God who gets the increase. Uh, we, are, we are God's husbandry. You know what that means? We are God's husbandry. Uh, uh, another version uses, says we are God's field. We are God's field. We are, we are the mission field. And we are here together. And let me just go ahead and tell you, in case you didn't know, the mission field is huge. It's as far as the eye can see and, and further, way further. And I have a secret for you. You ready? Listen up. You don't have to do all the planting by yourself. You don't have to do all the watering by yourself. It's not a competition as to who can do the most planting and who can do the most watering. It's not a competition. It, but... But when you come together with other people, <laughs> when you come together with other people who are, who are doing this same thing, who have this same mind on them, this mind of Christ, there is where the community is. There is where these friendships begin to form. There is where the unity resides together. <laughs> you know, I have memories 
uh, from, from coming together for a work day here at the church here and there or, or a community Sunday or a harvest party that we were planning where there were friendships that were formed. <laughs> there were friendships that were formed and those same friendships I still have today. Hallelujah. We were all serving together for the same purpose. We were all in the field, God's field, and there was a special unity during those times. You know, when we go out and we have these evangelism efforts that we've done here and there this past year and, and the year before, there's, there's such a special unity there where we come together. And, oh, we're all here for the same reason. We're all here to go witness to others. And there's something special about that unity that we should never take for granted. It's important that we, we cherish those times and we look forward to those times and we create more times for that. Amen. And see, the next reason is one of those kind of where the rubber meets the road. In Acts 20, 35, Paul's speaking to the church of Ephesus, and he quotes Jesus saying, it is more blessed to give than to receive. We serve others because it is greater to give than it is to receive. In serving others comes that greater joy. Part of this serving others is giving the Lord away to others. The more we receive of him, the more we can give of him to others. Give from him, excuse me, to others. And what a blessing it is to do so. What a blessing it is to do so. On the other hand, we cannot give away what we are unwilling to receive. How many of you think it's a blessing to receive? It's all right. It is a blessing to receive. I know I have received many blessings from the Lord. In fact, I was having a discussion with somebody tonight who received a blessing, and I, and I praised the Lord with them. I thanked God for them. You know, I, I've received many blessings from the Lord, and it's too many to count on my fingers and toes. But, but this bold statement tells me that it's an even greater blessing to give than to receive. And I think about all these times where, where I've received something, but then I've given something to somebody else, and <laughs> I just can't really put it to words all that well. And please forgive me, but, but it's, it, it, there, there's a greater, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a passion that's built with that. There, there's a love that comes with that when I give to others. When I give to others that I can't have unless I am giving to others, unless I am serving others in such a way. You see, there, there, there's just something about it that, that just fills me up. The Lord just fills me up on the inside. So I'm still receiving even though I'm giving. And the more I give, the more I receive. It's not that the Lord just wants you to empty, 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 empty. But that he wants you to have the mindset that when you give, it's greater to give than it is to receive. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill you up, Trevor, but you keep on giving. You keep on giving what I've told you to give. You keep on living the way I've told you to live. You keep on being who I've told you to be. I'll fill you up. Keep seeking. Ah. Hallelujah. Which brings me to my next point in the why, and that is because when you serve others, you glorify God. Jesus said to his disciples, let your light so shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The works that you do for the Lord glorify him. They bring him glory because others see that 
and they too may grow in a desire to do that as well. They see you serving others, and they say, I want to be a part of that. Maybe that hunger grows in them. Maybe God just, you know, sprinkles a little bit of that on them, saying, yeah, you see how they're giving? They're, they're getting filled too. You can have that for yourself. When I see someone doing what the Lord has for them, I give God glory. When I see someone walking on the path that God has laid out before them, I give God glory. But it may also bring questions like, when I am living, when I am living according to God's plan for my life, does it cause others to give God glory? Is my light shining before others, urging them, encouraging them to give God glory? And lastly, we serve God because he has ordained and prepared a place for you to do so. He has, he's, he's prepared it for you to do. He's prepared these good works, if you will, for you to do. As it is written, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared ahead of time for us to do. Amen. If the works have already been created for me to do, then what am I waiting for? What is holding me back from, from doing those good works? <clears throat> there may be some kind of selfishness when it comes to uh, the opportunity to serve. And I pray that's not the case, excuse me, because if you find yourself there, you need to find yourself out of that selfishness. You need to find yourself out of that mindset. Jesus can help you with it. And allow me to say it like this. God is desiring to use you for his greater purpose. He is desiring you to serve and to serve others. He has already prepared the good works. He has already prepared the works to be done. He needs a vessel to do them. He's already prepared them, these times to serve others ahead of time. Why? So that we would walk in them. So that we should walk in them. Concerning this walk, I, I felt impressed by the Lord to share a passage from Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 15, where Paul writes, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein in is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And this just takes us right into how, how to serve others. We serve others by walking circumspectly, not wasting time doing what the fools do. But we redeem the time because the days are evil. There is a lost and dying world out there that has yet to meet Jesus, that has yet to come into a relationship with him. And you could be the only reflection of Jesus that they ever come across. Are you walking as such? We serve others by, by speaking the word one to another, by ministering one to another. 
When, when, when we speak the word to one another, we are, we are building each other up to, in the most holy faith because, as I mentioned last week, life is hard. We need faith to get through life. We need Jesus to get through life. There are struggles in this life, and may we put on that mind of Christ and serve others by encouraging them with his word. I know that this may be something where you're all thinking, well, yes, I know this. I know I should encourage my brother and sister in their time of need. And I, and I see that happening a lot. So, so that, in, that further encourages me to do it more. I may not have all the answers, me, but I know somebody who does. I, 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 know, some, I know his word does. This encouraging of one another is a vital way of serving others. Why? Because as the writer of Hebrews says in doing this, all the more as we see the day approaching. And I just want to stir that in just a little bit more. Is that all right? How, how would you go about encouraging one another with the understanding of that day, the day of the Lord, is quickly approaching? How would you go about encouraging one another? You know, that the day is approaching. Are, are you living this life with that in mind? Understand that encouraging one another does not have to be some grand affair. But it has everything to do with being that light that someone may need on their dark day that they are facing to literally brighten someone's day. To intentionally pray with someone. To ask if you can pray for someone. To be alert to do so. To pray for others as the Lord leads you to pray for them. I know I can only speak for myself, but, but I would imagine that, a, that all of you here would, would be able to relate to me when I say, I am glad when someone reached out to me when I was going through this struggle or that. I am glad when someone was there for me when I was just having a bad day and I needed a friend to talk to. I think I can get a witness or two in that, amen? amen. On the same note, you may have been that person that has encouraged somebody else. But, but remembering, too, that you don't only have to encourage if you know someone is having a bad day. You see, building each other up in the most holy faith is a daily thing. The body of Christ should be daily building each other up. It should be daily encouraging one another. What's more, we should take this building each other up outside of these church walls. It's more of a theoretical question, but it's one to take to heart, and that is, what would happen if there was no church building? What would happen? Would, would the body of Christ survive? Are we as the body of Christ taking this faith that we have and serving it to others, sharing it with others, our brothers or sisters, our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, or are we leaving it at the front door of the church when we leave? I'm going to go ahead and leave that one right there because in a moment we're going to pray and I feel that this one may hit close to home for some. But before we do, the last how is serving as needed. This means doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vainglory. This means doing all in humility and valuing others above yourselves, as I mentioned before. Not looking to your own interests, but each, the interest, each of you to the interests of others. And as I've kind of touched on already, the, the selfishness, or excuse me, but selfishness will lead you to believe that you don't have to serve, you don't need to serve. But the Lord desires you to take that off, remove that, and be selfless. Vainglory is empty pride and cheap pride. It's what Jesus was rebuking from the Pharisees and scribes from our passage from the start of tonight in Matthew 23. It will tell you that you are too good to lower yourself to help 
in this way or that. But again, I remind you, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God will humble you if you exalt yourself. But he will, but if you choose to be humble, God will exalt you. And so I wonder if we can just take the last few minutes here as we come to a close. I want us to go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, media team, you can play some music if you want to, but I, I, want you to, I want you to begin to pray for yourselves first, that there would be a greater hunger that would develop in you to, to follow closer after the ways of Jesus and, and serve others as you have been served. If you need to find a place to pray, find a place to pray. Let's just, let's just close out this service together. And then as you are praying and as, as, you, as you feel led by the Lord, I want you to be sensitive to go and pray for one another. And serve one another in that way and just pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let us pray together. Jesus, we thank you.